0: I've got so many stories to tell you today. Stories from the Bible, stories from my life. And I am excited to see what God is going to do. We're getting ready to start a new series called Behold. And uh, you're like, what's the reason for the name? I was looking for a name and Behold sounded good because we're talking about Jesus. So Behold, (laughs) Behold. And so uh, let's, uh, I'm going to dismiss the kids for Sunday school. Um, if you are ready for Sunday school, it's going to be a good time. My wife is going to be teaching today, and so she's a lot of fun. <laughs> you guys are going to have a good time today. Rochelle is fun most of the time. <laughs> Uh, okay so let me start off with introducing you to who Jesus is Uh, a few weeks ago a couple months ago we started with the I am series and we went through all the I am statements of Jesus that he made that claimed his deity that's what we talked about you're like so what do you mean introduce me to Jesus. Well, this series is going to be looking at what Jesus did and the things Jesus said more so than the I am statements looked at the power that he had and who he was. So you should have an understanding of who Jesus is. And so um, my hope with this series is for you to fall in love with not baby Jesus, like I talked about last week, We don't want to fall in love with baby Jesus because he's cute and wrapped up swaddling clothes, you know. That's not what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about resurrected Jesus, but we're going to talk about living Jesus. When Jesus was walking the earth, the things that he did, we're going to focus on his miracles throughout this study in Mark. And so today, in the very first chapter, there's a bunch of things that we're going to do. So with this series, we're going to be looking at what Jesus did and what he said. So let's just start off. Real quick. Actually, let me pray real quick. God, I pray you would help me today, God, to to preach what you've given me. God, I believe that I have a word, God, and I just pray that it would go forth, God, that it would touch lives, that it would that it would cause people to fall in love with you. God, in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. That is my desire that when I preach, you fall in love with Jesus like I have fallen in love with Jesus. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to have all the you're going to If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to desire different things than you've always desired. If you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to want to draw closer to Jesus. And so that is the purpose of this whole series is that you would see this and you would fall in love with Jesus, that he was moved with compassion, that that he preached the word, that he was a soul winner, that he reached for the lost, that he reached for people that maybe not all of us would reach for stinky fishermen and, and demon-possessed men and and all these different things. This, the book of Mark has some awesome stories, things that Jesus did when he calmed the storm and, and when he rebuked the winds and the waves and, and spoke, peace be still. Many of us need that in our lives. Now, this isn't Mark chapter one. I'm giving you a, like a brief of what we're going through. Um, but uh, let's start with Mark chapter one. And so... In the uh in the passage that I gave you in the, in your in your folder, it's not all of it. Um because I couldn't fit Mark chapter one onto a half a page of paper. <laughs> um otherwise it would be really small print and no one would read it, it would just be a waste anyway. So I grabbed a part that I really liked and put it in there. But I'm gonna start with uh uh John uh sorry. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 is where we're going to start. And after John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus was a preacher. Now, as someone who preaches, I love that Jesus preached. I love, think about the boldness that he had to have. Think about the boldness that Jesus had when he walked in and said, repent and believe the good news. He went in proclaiming the good news. He's like, hey, I'm I'm Jesus Christ. I'm I, I'm the one that's come to save the world. Believe the good news. I'm here. Think about it for a moment the boldness that it took for that have you ever had something riding on the line like i guess if you're a gambler i am not i would lose too much money but uh, for everyone else that that does that um if there's money riding on the line and you're like okay I don't even know a gambling, I, I guess poker, like I guess that's the only thing I kind of understand a little bit. <laughs> I don't know anything about what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but if you had money riding on the line, you would be more invested in it, right? Like, oh, this game, like if you don't have any money riding in the game, it's like not a big deal. It's like playing Uno kind of, you know? I guess, I don't know. It shows you how much I know about poker and all those different things. But anyways, I've had some things riding on the line before. I've had people tell me that I wasn't going to make it. I've had people tell me that I shouldn't. No, I didn't have people tell me. But my wife had people tell her that she shouldn't marry me. Boy, I'm so glad she didn't listen to them because I think I've been a pretty good husband. I, I may have had my down days, but I think I've been a pretty good husband. We've made it 10 years. And some people were like, you won't make it two years. I'm not telling a lie. That's the truth. Someone told us we wouldn't make it two years, and here we are ten years. I was like, you said we couldn't do it, but here I am. I made it ten years, and I'm happy. I couldn't be happier. I love my wife more than anything. I had some things riding on the line. There were some things driving me to succeed in my life. There were times, there were times that, uh, that I didn't think I was going to pass basic training. Let me tell you, there was something riding on the line there. You know, I was, I was really out of shape in high school. Um, really out of shape. I didn't play any sports. I didn't do anything. And so like, I'm like, oh, let's join the army. Oh, this is where you gotta do physical activity and stuff. I'll be fine. I hadn't like hit a day in the gym. Barely passed my, my, uh, my weight test. I squeaked by because I maybe sucked it in just enough. You know, (laughs) but I made it, I squeaked by, I made it through basic training. But I remember on my last final PT test, I hadn't passed a PT test yet. And I had this drill sergeant. You know, they were all mean and whatever, but I loved them. I loved my drill sergeants. They were so cool. Like, if I could ever be that one day. Like, that was, oh, that was so cool. But I had a drill sergeant on my final PT test never passed one before if I don't pass this I get to do it all over again and I didn't want that he runs up beside of me in the run and starts to encourage me and I'm like dragging by this point point. and he's running beside me and he's like You've got this, pretty. You can do it. Just push a little bit further. Come on, you've only got a couple more laps to go. I had so much riding on the line with this. Like, There was something that motivated me, something that was driving me. And this drill sergeant came over and reignited that fire when I was about ready to give up. If it wouldn't have been for him, I would have probably had to go through it all over again. But he came up and he was running alongside me. He goes, just push a little harder, push a little faster. Sure, he dropped off and I had to finish it on my own. But what I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be times when your relationship with God is riding on the line and it's going to motivate you. And that's what coming to church is good for, because we can encourage one another. We can lift each other up. So nothing was going to stop me, but nothing was going to stop Jesus. Think about this for a moment. What do you think was riding on the line? He's the savior of the world. He knew it. He came to die on a cross for me and for you and for each of us. He came that we might have salvation. He had a lot riding on the line, and so he had to talk with boldness. Jesus was a soul winner. What is a soul winner? Well, It's someone who tells people about the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's someone who goes and says, hey, God is great. Come with me to church. Let's let's get something from God today. He was a soul winner. So listen to this as he passed. And this is verse 16. As he passed along the sea of Galilee, Galilee, he saw Simon Andrew, Simon's brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Oh, now in my mind, fishermen are just stinky. You know, you spend all day fishing, you're hooking worms into your thing and, you know, touching fish and you just get a smell, a sun-baked fishy smell, you know. I'm super sensitive to smell, so maybe none of you have ever smelled that smell before, but I don't know, like fishing just, you know, it's, it's fun, but I don't really do it. Uh, for myself, I do it to in, you know enjoy the company of other people, so if any of you are fishermen <laughs> and you want to go fishing with someone i 'll go fishing with you, but I probably won 't catch anything. <laughs> so Jesus yells out to them in verse seventeen, "Follow me, Jesus told them, and I will make you fish for people. He reached what did he see in these men? They were fishermen, they were casting their net into the sea, but he saw something in them that made him call them. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Now they also saw something in Jesus that made them follow. He said, follow me and I'll make you fish for people. That's weird, right? Like if you think about it, like this is what Jesus said to them that caused them to be like, okay, I'll leave everything and follow you. Think about it for just a minute. They saw something in Jesus. We see something in Jesus, right? That causes us to just drop everything. You know what? I'm gonna fall. That's what I'm talking about when I say fall in love with Jesus. Then I mean, it doesn't matter. I'll just drop everything and I will follow you, Jesus. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. This is, what, this is what these fishermen saw. They saw something in them. But Jesus saw something in you. Jesus saw something in each of us that he would call us. So immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther in verse 19, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat putting their nets in order. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee, they left their dad in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Peace out, Dad. I'm following Jesus. Sometimes your family's not going to follow with you. And you're going to have to live the example until they do think about it for just a moment. He left his dad. He left this boat with the with the hired people and just follow Jesus. What do you think Jesus saw that caused him to call out to them? What do you think it is that? That he would call out to them? Think about it for just a moment. What do you think he saw in us? Each one of us that's here today, what do you think he saw? in us that he would call and say, hey, follow me? What is it that he saw in us that he would say, you know what? I'll give my life for each of you. Think about it. This, Mark chapter 1 is so powerful in looking at Jesus. And there's so many other stories. Oh, I cannot wait to get into some of the other stories. But Jesus spoke with authority. How many of you have ever been afraid to speak? Okay, good, 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 good. Good. I'm not the only one. It terrifies me to preach. It terrifies me to get behind the pulpit, to, 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 to preach the word of God, because I don't feel worthy to preach what's written. But God called me. And just like God called me, he called each and every one of you. That's why it's important to study the word of God. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are to rightly divide this. We are to study this. So think for just a moment. Would Jesus call out to you? You're here today. I think he has. I think he has called out to you. I think you've heard his voice. He's called you further into a relationship with him. I believe that. But sometimes speaking with authority is hard. Sometimes speaking in faith is hard. I started realizing as I was putting this message together, um, how many have ever prayed but didn't really believe what you were praying? Yeah. I've... I've, I've done it. I, like, I've prayed, like, God, touch this person. Okay, I prayed. Can he do it? Yes. Is he going to do it? I don't know. Why am I praying a prayer that I don't believe? Think about it. Why, why, why pray a prayer we don't believe? Why, why pray a prayer that we don't think he can do? He's a miracle-working God, right? He, he, he's a God that when he speaks, things happen. Look, he called to these men and they followed him. Jesus spoke with authority. Verse 21. This is exciting. This is where it starts to get real good. They went into Capernaum and right away he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. They were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them as one who had authority and not like the scribes. So the people sitting in church that day. Jesus gets in and begins to teach like they've never heard it taught before. Jesus gets in and begins to teach something that they've never heard this before. He's teaching with authority. They noticed it and they wrote this down in the Bible. What was so different about Jesus? I want to preach with authority. I want to live my life with authority. That is something you can desire to live your life with authority, to follow Jesus. You can desire that and you can have that. They were astonished at his teaching. Just then, a man with an unclean spirit was in the synagogue. He cried out, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. Think about this for a moment. How many of you have had that voice in your head? I'm talking about the voice from the enemy. When the enemy begins to whisper into your, into your life and say, you're not good enough. God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really care about you. Your family's a mess. You're going crazy, like I'm saying things that I've heard. Like I feel like sometimes there was a time when I felt like I was going crazy and all I heard was the enemy's voice. It was the only thing that I could hear. I was so caught up in it that all I could hear was I'm not good enough. All I could hear was you'll never make it. (laughs) All I could hear was you should just take your life. That's all I could hear. It was such a dark point. In my life. But look what Jesus said here. Be silent. And come out of him. Jesus rebuked him. Think about it for a moment. Sometimes. When that voice begins to rise up. You need to say. Shut up devil. And you need to say it out loud. As much as it scares you. To say it. You just need to say it. Shut up devil. And rebuke him in Jesus name. Look, that's what Jesus did, and it works. And the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions, shouted with a loud voice, and came out of him. Now, what I want to point out here is he shouted with a loud voice. The, the demon that was in him shouted with a loud voice. Jesus had just told him to shut up, basically. didn't actually, he said, be quiet. But I like shut up better. No kids in here. <laughs> Jesus told him, be quiet. And the last thing that he does is screams. So when you tell the devil to be quiet and you said, it's time for you to go in Jesus name. Don't be surprised if something begins to scream in your life that seems like, whoa, that's not what I wanted. But just hold on and do it again. And it has to leave because Because we believe in a God that drives out the enemy, right? We believe that, right? If you believe it, say amen. There we go. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. I need someone to help me. (laughs) We believe that. and, And the unclean spirit come out of him. The same thing can happen with us if we will say it with authority. They were all amazed. And so they began to ask each other: what is this? A new teaching? With authority. That's what they said. What is this new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once the news about him spread through the entire vicinity of Galilee. Authority. What is this new teaching? What is this new teaching with authority? Now look, this this is something I desire in my life. Like I want to teach with authority. I want to preach with authority. I want to pray with authority. These are this, this is my list. Pick your list. What do you want to do with authority? I want to have a career with with authority. I, I want to I want to tread on the head of the enemy with authority. I want to grind him into the ground with authority. I want to do, these are the things that I want to. These are the things I want to do. I want to have authority in my life that when the enemy rises his ugly head, I just kick it back down again. What do you desire in your life? you got to decide because you can have those desires. God, give me authority in my prayer life. God, give me authority in my relationship with my family. God, give me authority. God, with my coworkers, that when people would see me, they would recognize Something different about me. So how can we be like Jesus and walk in authority? He gave us his spirit so that we might walk in authority. Remember back in John, he says, I'm going to send a comforter. It was going to be his spirit that would lead us into all truth. So because he sent that spirit in Acts, we have that in us today. We have that available to us today. But the thing is is we can just be a bunch of potential energy where we don't grab a hold of the authority that we have and we try and handle it all by ourselves. Your boldness is linked to your authority. If you refuse to use the authority God gave you, you are choosing to not walk in boldness. Look, I struggle with this all the time. Like, my, I post a video on Facebook and my anxiety goes through the roof, okay? Like I think about it like all the naysayers. Like I just recently posted a video about uh, prayer requests. If you need a prayer request and you're, you know, and you'd like us to pray for it, send us a message. You know how much that went through the, when I clicked create ad and was like, okay, here we go. Like a 1,000 people have seen the video so far. And I'm like, okay, here we go. There's been like four prayer requests come in, in like, since I started it in like two or three days. Think about that for a minute. There's people living and hurting and dying. And what I did was create an opportunity to create a connection. My anxiety went through the roof when I pushed create ad on that video. I'm like, here we go. Because I've had naysayers on videos before, and it's really annoying. <laughs> Um, and so I get nervous. Okay. I get a little nervous. And the same thing when I come up here to preach before service, I stand outside to greet everyone, but also just to like clear my brain. You know, like, I'm like, okay, I just need to take some deep breaths. It's okay. You can still walk in boldness and be scared. Look, whenever I am, let me show you something This right here, for me, is safe. When I'm right here behind my notes, it's safe. But when I step away and I begin to walk away, I take my trust off of what I've got right here and I begin to put my trust in God. For me, when you see me walk away, it is an act of faith on my part because I'm expecting God to give me the next thing to say. And it gets scary. Like what I'm talking about right now isn't even in my notes. Like I don't, I don't need my notes right now. Because I believe that there's some of you that have those same things in your life. Where it's hard to be bold. It's hard to walk in victory. It's hard to... That sign there? Well, oh, let me tell you what. When the guy who made that, I didn't ask to put the it's time to walk in victory on it. He just like found it on our Facebook page and made a mock-up of it and said, do you like this? And I was like, you don't know how much I like that because that's saying right there. I was sitting on my deck one day, anxiety through the roof, scared to death. What am I doing in Detroit Lakes? Scared to death. And I felt God begin to speak to me. And he said, it's time to walk in victory. That's what he said to me. So I put it in one of my messages. <laughs> Even though I don't see the victory, even though I don't see what God is trying to do, I need to walk by faith and not by sight. I need to walk in victory. So if my boldness is linked to my authority, then there's going to be days when I'm scared to death that I'm going to have to take a step of faith anyways, that I'm going to have to go ahead and hit create ad, anyways. That I'm gonna have to go ahead and send a message to someone anyways. Like I got one message, the person said stop. And I was like, okay, stop what? Loving you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just want me to stop, okay, I got it, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, so like even in that moment, it scared me. And I know that sitting here today that there's those of you that are afraid. Like to walk in faith, to walk in authority, to walk in boldness. Like I'm preaching something today that I hope encourages you to fall in love with Jesus. Because the more that you fall in love with Jesus, you realize there's so much running on the line. You realize that there's so many lives out there in the world that are lost and don't have Jesus and aren't going to make it. And I have to do something about it. I have to tell someone about Jesus. I have to tell someone that he loves him. I have to tell him that he can heal the brokenhearted, that he can touch your mind, that he can move in your life. You just need to follow him. So Jesus, uh, not Jesus, let's just talk about boldness in our prayer. We must speak faith. The songs we sing, like I love some of the songs that we sing, that one Egypt today, I really like that song. But sometimes we just sing it as words. When I sing a song, I sing it as a prayer. Like, thank you, God. You stepped into my Egypt. You brought me out. God, I thank you so much. God, you, you know the times that I was sitting there bound. I couldn't go any further. I, I was stuck. And you came in with your hand and you led me out. And you brought me to your promised land. The promised land is Detroit Lakes. Thank you, God. So when I pray, and I started doing this last night when I was in prayer. God, let me pray with authority. Give me the words to pray. So I started praying. And and, and the other thing I was, God, please help me to believe what I'm praying. When we lift up people in prayer, we should believe that God is going to act, that God is going to do something, that he's going to move. There's something with that authority and faith that we have to have in our prayer life. And so, I, uh, last night I was praying, and that's what I was praying, and I began to pray for the city of Detroit Lakes. And I began to pray for all of you. I didn't call each and every name, but each and every one of you I was praying for in a moment. God began to move. And he began to touch. And I believe by faith that no matter what you're going through, that no matter what you're feeling, no matter what scares you, no matter what is stopping you from taking that next step, that God is here to destroy the enemy in your life, that God is here to go ahead and crush the enemy in your life. And you just need to have faith that that he's going to do it, that he's going to work the perfect work in your life, uh, that he's going to work the perfect thing in in your situation. Jesus was a healer. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and Peter, uh, Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother in law was laying in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand and raised her up. The fever left her and she began to serve them. Jesus reached out his hand and pulled her up and she was fine in an instant. I still believe that God still raises people up, that God still touches, that God still moves in people's lives. You've got to have that faith too, that God is still moving today. Oh, when the evening came and after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. Lord, have mercy. Think about it for a minute. They brought all those who were sick and demon-possessed. How many people were demon-possessed back in the day? Like, think about it. Like, Mark wrote about it. He was like, they brought all those who were sick and demon-possessed to him. The whole town was assembled at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. This work that Jesus did started a movement that changed the world. It began to change the world. People were like, let's bring our sick and demon possessed to him so he can fix them." Think about that. If we had the mindset, if we would just go to Jesus when we were sick or when the enemy was messing so if there was demon-possessed people back in the day, are there still demon-possessed people today? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Like, I'm thankful that everyone said yes because <laughs> it'd be real awkward right now if I was like, well, I do. <laughs> yes, there are people that still got devils inside of them that are messing with us, that are still messing with them. You can be possessed or you can be oppressed by the enemy. Depression, anxiety, those things like that. That's the enemy in your life. Now, not always is depression the enemy. I'm not going to give him all the credit. Sometimes depression really is like mess, messing with things in our brain. like there are chemical imbalances. but, can God heal that? Absolutely. Pray for healing. And then tell the devil to shut up. (laughs) I take medication for depression. I'm going to be completely transparent with you right now. I take medication for depression. Be like, well, where's your faith, Zach? In a pill? No, it's not in a pill. But there was a time in my life I was so down. I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear the voice of God if I wanted to. All I could hear was my head. So the doctor was like, here, take this. First one he put me on made me way worse. I was losing my mind, guys. I was losing my mind. I just disappeared for like a couple hours one day and just like was gone. My wife was just sitting outside waiting on me. There's been some dark spots. In my life. And so the doctor changed the medication it was a lot better. <laughs> Do I still have down days? Yeah. It's life. You're going to have some down days. But I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to say, "Well, I'm a Christian with depression. I'm not going to say, I'm a, I'm a preacher that has depression. What I am going to say is I've got hope that my Jesus is going to touch me. I've got hope that when I'm down and out, I can pray to God and he moves in my life and lifts me up out of that darkness. That's the faith that I'm talking about. That's the things that I believe in. Those are the things that I believe that, that, that you need in your life more than anything is that faith that you've fallen in love with Jesus. So can your prayer life change the outcomes of something? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just talk about this for a moment. We just had a prayer request. April, we prayed for her, right? We've been praying for her for a little while. I've shed many tears praying for her. I've spent probably an hour praying for her over the course of this last few weeks. And whenever we saw the first report, that she didn't have to have a uh, colostomy bag. To me, I'm believing that was a miracle. I'm believing that 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 was a miracle. And then just the other day, to hear she was up walking, you know, the doctors, thank you, God, for doctors. But you know what? I believe you have a hand in this. I really believe it, it, that it's a miracle that you're working. You didn't have faith like that that God is working a miracle, it was with that prayer It was with that prayer request that, that Alicia gave, with that prayer request that I began to start praying in faith and saying, nope, I'm not going to pray prayers that I don't believe are going to happen. I'm going to pray prayers that I believe that God is going to work in. When I pray for you, Marlene, I believe that God is going to do a work. I believe that God is going to touch you, that he's going to help you, he's going to strengthen you, and that one day you will have that camp again. <laughs> Amen? Amen. (laughs) It gets me excited when we talk about this because your prayers can change what happens. I believe that my prayers for each and every one of you are going to change your life. I believe it. You're like, well, isn't that a little conceited? Nope, it's not. Absolutely not. I am having faith that God is going to move and I'm praying for you, that God is going to touch you, show you things you've never seen before. He's going to reveal things to you. He's going to touch you. He's going to move in your life. I believe in a miracle working God. If you believe in a miracle working God, say amen. Amen. There we go. Okay. (laughs) I just need a little help. (laughs) Jesus moved with purpose. Very early in the morning. This is verse 35. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and went out and made his way to his deserted place and there he was praying. Simon and his companions searched for him and when they found him, they said, "'Everyone is looking for you.' And he said to them, "'Let's go on to the neighboring villages "'so that I may preach there too. "'This is why I have come. "'I have a purpose. "'I have to go to the next neighboring village "'and I have to preach. That is why I've come. Jesus had purpose. I've never been a fast walker. Like, you know, I like to take my time. Most of the time. Most of the time I'm yelling at my wife to, like, hurry up. Like, you're walking too slow. Like, why is it taking you five minutes to get out of the car and walk to the door of the store? Come on, come on. She's like, I had to take care of the dogs. I had to get my purse. You had nothing to get. (laughs) I'm not a fast walker, but I give my wife a hard time (laughs) when she's slower than me. Sometimes I walk. I was like, now I know why older men walk slow, because they're just waiting on their wives to catch up. (laughs) Oh, she's not in here, so it's okay to talk about this. (laughs) Go ahead and tell her. (laughs) I've said it to her. I say it in joking though, I really do. Um, but anyways, so when I walk, I, you know, I'm a stroller. I just enjoy walking. I don't, like when I go to the gym and like, I'm either gonna run or I'm gonna walk slow. I'm not gonna be like one of those fast walkers. I just, I don't have the energy for that. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna walk slow. Either I gotta be there fast, or I just need to be there at some point. <laughs> but I remember in the military, that doesn't fly. They're like, soldier, you need to move with purpose. What? <laughs> I'm just walking to my firearm over there, sir. Drill Sergeant, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just moseying on down the range to my, to my hole that I'm gonna lay in for the next half an hour. You need to move with purpose. Full 30 inch strides. You need to take some big steps. Think about this for, this is what they were encouraging me to do was to walk fast, walk with purpose. There's been a few times i've had to walk with purposes like on ruck marches and things like that you have only had a certain amount of time and so i tried out for wildland firefighting you're not allowed to run why not you got to carry a 40 pound pack and you got to walk like two miles in 18 minutes you know how far two miles is and in 18 minutes or something like that it was something crazy i don't i'm, I'm sorry i'm not going to give you the exact numbers but it was something like that. So you have to walk the entire time, like these big steps. And you've got to do it over and over, Sarah. You've got to walk so fast. I was ready for my legs to fall off. But I made it. I did it. I did it, and I, I, I made it really fast. But um, I got an award for it one time for, for going so fast walking. <laughs> it's like a walking award, so cool. <laughs> there was a couple of times I've moved with purpose when I was in the military, because they made me. But there's been other times in my life that I have made movements with purpose. Uh, I feel like I talk about this way too much, but there's this, I like to share with you what's going on in my life or have gone on in my life, But, but moving to Detroit Lakes, there was a lot of fear, but it was a move with purpose and I felt like it had to be done fast. One year from the time I said we need to do this, it was less than a year, I think, that we were actually living in Detroit Lakes. It was very fast. It happened very quickly. And and God has moved in in everything. So what I'm saying to you today is maybe you're a slow walker like me. But in your spiritual life, you have got a purpose. You have got to be purpose-driven. Just like Jesus said here, I've got to go preach in the next neighboring city. You have got to have purpose. I have got to pray for the next person that needs you, Jesus. I've got to pray for my family. I'm going to move with purpose in everything that you've Everything that I'm doing, God, because it's for you. It's for you. And so I'm going to move in my spiritual life with purpose. Not everything is about the natural. You've got to think about the spiritual. You've got to think what God wants. We must be purpose-driven, not moving slow. God, I've got a purpose. I'm going to move forward in you. So that when the devil begins to push back in your life, and he will, when you get that purpose-driven mindset, be ready for some pushback in your family. Be ready for some pushback in your work. Be ready for some pushback. The devil's going to throw his fiery darts. This is literally what the Bible says. He's going to throw fiery darts at you. And that's what the shield of faith, shield of faith is for to protect against those fiery darts that the enemy throws at you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for each of you. So you know what I'm going to be? Stand up real quick. You're going to stand out here with your shield of faith and i'm gonna be right here i've got your six i'm gonna be right behind you i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna i'm gonna pray for you i'm gonna cover you in prayer and I'm going to make sure that you guys, that someone is praying for you. I want you to know that every single day, there does not go a day by that I don't pray for the people of this church, for the people of this city. You have got someone on your side that cares for you, that is praying for you, that, that wants to see great things in your life. So don't be when you're down and out, when you feel like things are tearing you up. Remember that you've got someone praying for you. Just because you've always been something does not mean that Jesus can't change you. Just because you've always been this way doesn't mean that Jesus can't change you. I totally believe that people can be changed, that God can move, that God can touch. Check this out. He loves you and he cares for you. Verse 39. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with leprosy came to him. And on his knees begged him, if you're willing, you can cl- make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. What I have seen a lot in, this passage, in these passages of scripture is Jesus stretching forth his hand. We saw it with the woman that was sick. We've seen it here. Um, he's constantly reaching in these passages of Scripture, because he's moved with compassion. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned and, and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer what Moses commanded you for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in deserted places and they came to him from everywhere. Think about it for a moment. The man with leprosy probably didn't have it one day or two days, he probably had it for some time, but he did something. He went and he got on his knees before Jesus If you're willing, God, will you make me clean? And he was moved with compassion. God is still moved with compassion. But he needs us to be humble. He needs us to be sincere. Let me tell you something. I said at the beginning of this message, That many times I don't feel worthy to get to preach to you. I don't feel worthy studying God's Word. But Jesus came to this earth not because we were worthy, but because he was moved with compassion and loved us. He did not die on the cross because we were worthy, but because he died on the cross. It made us worthy. He moved with a purpose, not because people were worthy, but because he was moved with compassion. I believe it without a shadow of a doubt in my mind that God still moves today. That God still wants to touch and move in your life. I am a testimony. I have a story that God has touched my life. And each and every one of you have a story where God has moved or God has directed you. And I really believe that we just need to humble ourselves right now and say, God, you know what's going on in your life. I don't. But this is an opportunity for you to make your petition to Jesus Christ. And I believe that he wants to move, fall in love with Jesus. God, I pray right now that you would begin to sweep across this place. God, that you would begin to touch our lives. God, that you would begin to prick our hearts, God. God, you loved us in such a way. That you would die on a cross for us, God. You loved us in such a way that you're willing to wash away my brokenness, my sin, God. I just pray right now, God, that you would meet us in this place, God. That your compassion would flood this place, God. In Jesus' name, why don't you take some time and just pray and seek God. Hallelujah.